Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week we will, you know, I'm just going to do it again. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's bobsled time. I got me hyped sometimes. I know. Hey, we got we to gotta get this energy going, right? Uh, so, yes, this week we are wrapping up our three episode mini series of season five where we shared uh, one of our favorite childhood movies. So two weeks ago, again, Jeremy shared Iron Giant. Last week, Andrea shared Anastasia. And in this episode, we are covering one of my favorite childhood movies with Cool Runnings. But before we talk about Cool Runnings, Jeremy, let's get right into our Ritual 2.0. And so uh, on our episode outline, I told you, Jeremy, that we are going to be talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer that was released last week. But before I get into my question, I wanted to ask you kind of a prep question. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar. Eh, you'd think I'd be like, oh, let me ask you about the trailer. No, I'm not going to do that. This week, uh, the pre-question is, which got you more hyped about the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? The trailer itself or the holiday special? Ooh. He's, well, probably the holiday special, actually. <laughs> yes. It's weird to say, but I remember I, I was like the time that they dropped the trailer was perfect because I think everyone was talking about the Guardians again after being so long since, what, 2017 of the second one coming out? So it's... The holiday special was much better than I expected it to be, also. I mean, it is James Gunn, so... I don't know. The trailer is still good. It was still a good trailer. I don't know if it gave too much away, though, for being a first trailer... Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, obviously that we'll we'll talk about that on my actual question for the ritual mm-hmm. 2.0. But did you have a favorite thing about uh the holiday special? You know, probably the I still really like. I remember I uh this was your nitpick in uh, volume 2, which was the Mantis Drax kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. really still liked it in the Christmas special. Sometimes they were a little too dumb, like dumb and dumber, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it was still, it was, uh, it didn't stop it from being endearing to the point when Mantis reveals that, like, he's or she's um, Chris Pratt's sister, <laughs> not Chris Pratt, Star Lord. Peter, <laughs> Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Peter <laughs> Quill. Yeah. 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 It didn't, it, it didn't make it any less endearing, at least to me. Mm hmm. Actually, this may surprise you. I actually thought it worked better on the holiday special just because, you know, their whole kind of like a buddy cop thing. You know, obviously mm-hmm. they were exploring uh, Earth for the first time and they were obviously trying to get Peter Quill the best Christmas present ever. <clears throat> Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yep. Spo- spoiler alert for the holiday special. But um, I just thought like that whole... Um, dynamic with them kind of learning about earth a little bit and the customs with Christmas, obviously because they were wanting to make Peter Quill, they just wanted to make him feel happy. And, you know, obviously he's still sad about Gamora and everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a perfect way to start the holiday season because what this, this aired right after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, and we didn't get a chance to talk about 
the holiday special itself, unfortunately. But mm -hmm. um, my favorite scene, or one of my favorite moments, is when Mantis and Drac are making money by basically playing versions of themselves. Uh, just getting like a street performers pretty much and then <laughs> i love the cutaway of you know when drax is like punching the guy that supposedly like oh the robot killed my cousin and then he's just duh, 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 and then just like cuts away i love that <laughs> yeah it was good oh man i i think drax is just too good freaking batista man <laughs> yeah his comedic timing is still on point it is very on part, point and, and i think the thing that I feel like the holiday special did better than volume two was I felt like the, uh, the comedic, um, what do you call it? The, the takes or like the, the, the gags mm -hmm. had better timing and it didn't feel as forced as in volume two. That's true. Uh, maybe it's just the, you know, the type of movie that it, or type of special that it is compared to it's like, yeah, it feels kind of forced, almost a waste of, time in a way in a huge blockbuster movie of volume mm -hmm. two so i can see that um but hopefully well it sounds like they're gonna have more specials in the future i that hope would be nice. it has kevin bacon <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i see you in easter <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i mean it, it it obviously kind of brings this now to my question for the uh, for the ritual. I mean, obviously, we finally did get that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three trailer that dropped actually last week. We're tape uh, we're recording this on a Thursday, December eighth. So my question to you, Jeremy, is: Do you have a hot take slash prediction for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three based off of the trailer and really the holiday special? Okay, well, damn, this is tough. Just because we know already, being what we know, is, uh, you know, Batista's not going to come, Dave Batista's not going to come back after this movie. Probably not going to do another MCU movie, most likely. I mean, we don't really know, but it sounds like it based on his interviews, especially after the whole James Gunn situation. Right. Um, I, like, easily, this is not really a hot take. I just think he's going to die. But I think they're going to use that to their advantage. And I think Rocket is going to die. Oh, That's my hot take prediction. Yeah. Prediction. I don't think it's as likely as Drax. But I feel like them killing Rocket would definitely get the waterworks going more than Drax. At this point in time. Uh, I feel like that's where they're headed just because it felt like... Uh... I mean, it looks like we're going to get a, a rocket raccoon origin story a little bit. We're going to see how he was created, I guess, potentially visit his home world. I mean, I don't know mm -hmm. if that that uh, random planet that they that they landed in the beginning of the uh, the whole uh, in the trailer itself is where rocket raccoon originates from or or what. But I mean, it, oh, man. I would probably be, I would definitely be devastated. I'm not even probably, I would definitely be devastated if, if they killed off Ra uh, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, because I didn't expect to get emotional when Yondu died. No. Oh, but yeah. if they kill Rocket, that's huge, I feel like. But uh, I still think Drax is going to die. But in terms of story-wise, I don't know how they would make that as impactful as Rocket. 
But who knows? It's James Gunn. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and then he dies after that. Oh. Dang it. Oh, man. Well, my hot take is that um, I feel like Peter Quill and 2014 Gamora do not end up together. In <gasps> fact, I think that Gamora will actually not be a part of the Guardians at all. You know, they'll they'll run into each other. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, she'll help him out, but I feel like then she'll go her separate ways. Mm. And Peter Quill ends up being all alone. I f- that's not impossible, actually. Now that I think about it, it's like maybe she helps him find closure for Gamora's death. Yeah. Maybe you're right, because it, it, bringing Gamora back just as the same Gamora type of thing maybe cheapens her death from Infinity War. Same as if they brought back Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, that would cheapen her death in Endgame. So it's like, I can see that happening, unfortunately yeah. for Star-Lord, because I feel like he's gone through so much, too. It's like, and oh, I yeah, think my father killed my, <laughs> killed <Yeah>. my mother, too. <laughs> oh, dang. It was such a funny scene in Infinity yeah. War with him and uh, Thor going back and forth. But, man, it's actually really sad if you think about each of the tragedies both Chris's had to go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, Running up each man, other with tragedy. I know. Did you make your voice deeper? I think he did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking oh. fitting. What's too good? Yeah, it does too good. Anyway, um, I mean, that is our new, new ritual. Obviously, We've been kind of slacking, let's be honest, about uh, our OG ritual. I mean, again, Jeremy's going through finals. Uh, I've actually been training at work or whatever, so I really haven't had a lot of free time, especially now with the holidays being always busy. But I haven't given up on it. You know, like I feel like potentially I just need to just watch a new movie and then just literally just go on my phone and just record myself for about a minute and actually give a random review. But I do want to highlight what we do have on the TikTok. And actually, I wanted to highlight one of the movie reviews that we have done. Jeremy did uh, a review on Bullet Train, which is now on Netflix, by the way. And and we're still not sponsored by Netflix. But um, Bullet Train's now on Netflix. And you know what? If you want to know what... uh, how Jeremy feels about it, you could go on our TikTok, right, Jeremy? Yeah, our TikTok is at Weekly Real. Po- Wait, what was it? Is it the? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, no. It's it's just at Weekly Real Pod, right? Yeah, it's at Weekly Real Pod. Okay, that's <laughs> a double check. Uh, yeah, at Weekly Real Pod on TikTok. Yeah, and also. On our Instagram, we that's where we usually post a lot of our links, uh, our announcements for future episodes, and you know we try to advertise a little bit on some past episodes, and we also post actual clips as reels from our actual full podcast episode, just to kind of entice people into checking out our little movie podcast. And so, how can they do that, um, Jeremy? So our Instagram is at Weekly Reel. And like Ken said, that's basically we keep you up to date with all that's happening on the podcast. And if you don't like the podcast, like the coming week, you can always skip it. There's plenty of episodes and I don't know, just keep up on Instagram. It's like, oh, next week sounds like a good one. Let's listen to that. 
type of thing. Yeah, and you could always check out our full library on all the major um, platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, everything, all the mm-hmm. major platforms. Definitely check it out. By the way, last week's reel on Anastasia, um, well, I'm about to go ahead and edit another one, but check out our reels. I feel like it was one of our favorite interactions <laughs> ever on the podcast itself, both Andrea and Jeremy uh, go back and forth, and I'm just sitting there with my virtual popcorn just <laughs> being entertained. <laughs> yeah, Ken, Ken was definitely a referee that was instigating the fight and not calling any flags. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. nope I was no literally passion. just eating popcorn. <laughs> Allowing was, flagrant fouls. <laughs> yes. Type of Letting thing, yeah. awesomeness ensue. <laughs> Oh, man. But Jeremy, I mean, we're here for a reason. And this week, Darice Bannock is determined to turn Olympic heartache into another opportunity to follow in his father's footsteps at winning Olympic gold. He seeks out a dishonored coach to start what would be the first ever Jamaican bobsled team in the 1993 film Cool Runnings! I have to say it like that. <laughs> At first, I was like, well, we ex- they explain it later on why they're why the movie is called Cool Runnings, and I was like, oh, that's where it comes from. I've, I've been wondering. Yeah. yeah. Doing so, the DiCaprio again. Doing the, the, <laughs> the pointing We've been DiCaprio. doing a, a lot of that recently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. Uh, and we'll explain another, re- just a, another underrated reason why we did the whole DiCaprio. But anyway... Uh, before we proceed with the rest of this podcast episode, we'll go ahead and issue our spoiler warning. Even though this movie did come out in 1993, definitely hit the pause button if you do not want to get spoiled. But go ahead and stream it now. It is streaming now on Disney Plus. Are we sponsored by Disney Plus yet, Jeremy? Uh, they haven't gotten back to me, no. Oh, they haven't got. Okay. So we're just going to assume for now that we're not sponsored by Disney Plus. But definitely check it out there. Then come back to this podcast episode and hit play, joining in the conversation. So, Jeremy, uh, let's go right into our double feature. And so just to remind the audience about the double feature, I have a question for Jeremy. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask. And you know what? Jeremy has a question that I don't know what he's going to ask. But before we jump into my half of the double feature, I wanted to ask, Jeremy, Mm -hmm. you dead? Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> no, Dad, I was about to do it. I was about to say perfectly. I was about to say it. I can't do it, man. Only Sanka could do that. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was good. Oh, I man. love that running joke, actually. Yeah, I love how they kept going in the back of the well, and it, and it hit hard later. And we'll definitely get into that later in this episode. But for my half of the double feature, Jeremy. Cool Runnings, it well, for me, obviously, it's one of my favorite childhood movies. I think it's a fun underdog movie that just happened to be based on true events. But, I mean, obviously, now we, we live in a very different, different climate than when this movie came out in 1993. We're in 2022. And it's a common belief that the current uh, movie climate in this modern day and age is pretty much dead at the theaters beyond popcorn blockbusters that center around comic book movie characters <laughs> or even existing tentpole franchises. So 
Jeremy, mm. my, for my half of the double feature, do you think underdog movies like Cool Runnings will ever be successful at the box office? Man, I want them to be. I want them to be so much. And I love how you're still quoting the Matt on the, what is it called? The <laughs> holy, unbearable weight of massive talents. <laughs> <laughs> um still to this day but anyway um i i hope they are just because small type of movies like this i mean it's not really small because they actually you know travel and whatever and it has a good message to it um where it's you know not really about winning you know because i watching the movie i did feel like man i want them to win so bad but in reality it, it you know, you don't win all the time, but at the same time, it's it really is about the journey and the um, the work that you put into it. So I love messages like that, and it kind of sucks where the only movies that make uh, money nowadays is the like explosions. It has to have the giant laser in the sky type of thing, sounding like Black Adam or something. <laughs> um, but will they be successful again? I think only if they're like kind of low budget type of movies. Maybe like I say low budget as in like five to ten million. But then they can make back like six times as much type of stuff. I don't think it's ever going to be like huge IP. Uh, like you get a sequel hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars hundred thousand dollars <laughs> hundred millions of dollars um i don't think that's ever really gonna happen but i still think there's a place for it in the movie climate and that we're in <sighs> yeah um i think there's a place for it as well i agree with you there i just don't think it'll ever be at a uh, in, in the movie theaters i think hmm. If it ever, if a movie like this ever does come out where it's like a sports underdog movie, it will be in conjunction, well, on the sports side, I should say, it'll be in conjunction with, I don't know, if it's a baseball movie, maybe it'll come out in the spring, right before baseball season, or, or you know, just kind of in conjunction with whatever is going on with whatever sport. But in terms of underdog movies, I feel like these are now going to be placed in either you know, non like summer blockbuster. It, it'll never be a summer blockbuster ever again. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it may be released like in a random month, like January or something like that, yeah. or what August, September when it's pretty much dead as far as, um, as far as theatrical releases. And I feel like uh, one of the, one of the, I guess, bad sides of streaming, just because everything we live in such a on-demand, okay, I want to press play whenever, uh, whenever I want to, mm -hmm. and streaming wars are just, they're just heating up uh, at all times. I feel like any type of underdog movie that actually gets um, praise for being actually good and well-written and well acted will always just go straight to streaming. I think the theatrical underdog movie like a cool runnings or something like that, similar 
I think it's completely dead. I don't think we'll ever see a very successful one at the box office ever again. And it's yeah. sad that that is going to be the reality. Yeah, the, what I think the most recent one I can think of is American Underdog, the Kurt Warner uh, movie with Zachary Levi. Uh, I think it released surprisingly in December, I think, of last mm-hmm. year, I think. Okay. Uh, I remember I wanted to see it. But because it's so saturated, especially like in December time, I don't like I don't remember us. You know, we didn't even consider it for for the list of movies that, during that season, um, and that's kind of just like the thing. Yeah, maybe we would want to talk about it. We know we both like football and uh, we watch Kurt Warner and all that stuff. But in terms of choosing episodes, we also choose. Kind of like what everyone else wants to see, so it's right. kind of it's kind of a double edged type of thing. Like we want to support these movies, but it's like ah, it's kind of dying a little bit. That's unfortunate. Yeah, as far as new IP, uh, mm-hmm. and we want to clarify that. I feel like if we are going to be watching like an underdog story, it has to be a part of our childhood, or it has to be something that we had watched already. I feel yeah. like a, a lot of the times now, it's just because. Everything is so geared to streaming. It's, it, it, I feel like that market's been uh, oversaturated now, too, where you really have to kind of pay attention to like maybe social media to see what is starting to stick, you know? And I mm-hmm. feel like you'll get more of the whole, I don't know, what, what's some of the more recent ones? Uh, the Dahmer story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll get the Stranger Things type thing. But again, those are like more TV shows. But it's rare now that you'll get a streaming movie that, oh, Bird Box? Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a streaming movie that came out recently that actually got a lot of notoriety. Yeah, see, um, that's what's kind of weird. It's like, I feel like these are, these streaming movies, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's just like these companies that are like pushing these movies and then, it's like, oh, yeah, they're good. Like, they say, oh, yeah, this movie's really good and all that stuff. And you hear for about it for, like, a week. And then the next week, it's a different movie, right? And so it's it's almost like it's manufactured in this way now. And it's so hard to find actually good movies, not just, like, mm-hmm. the movies that people are talking about at that, like, like, one week. And then it's gone in, like, six months type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the only movie that I could think of in recent memory that I've seen personally that was kind of like an underdog story was Coda. And mm. it just so happens to win, <laughs> surprisingly, the, 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 the Oscar for best movie. Yeah, or, I mean, yeah. even with that, though, it's like it's, it's hard because it's only on Apple. I mean, it had a select theater release, but, you know, I didn't get a chance to see it. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm de- defending the whole like comic book, you know, like everyone's just hating on MCU or or, <laughs> or, or or like just like all of these franchises or whatever. But in a way, like Quentin Tarantino recently kind of criticized the the climate of the movie. I was like, I, I, I agree with him, you know, like I wish there was a little bit more variety in what would actually get gain traction and popularity as far as you know just different types of movie genres 
Yeah, I, I agree. Just be, I mean, even with TV, now that there's so many like superhero shows, I mean, there's always been a lot of superhero shows, probably since like early 2010s, but especially now, I thought, I'm like, man, I'm going to watch every single Marvel stuff there is. I'm going to watch this or that. I, dude, I haven't finished <laughs> um, Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. <laughs> I have one episode of She-Hulk left. I'm pretty sure I didn't even watch the were, um, werewolf by oh, by night by night, which I actually want to see, but it's like there's just so much stuff and all this superhero stuff, like which is weird. I agree. Like I love superhero stuff, but it's becoming a lot. Yeah, so. it's, it's it's definitely a saturated market for sure. All right, Ken. To go back into a little bit of the cool run-ins again, uh, my question is. What makes this movie a good sports movie or a bad sports movie? Because I feel like there's a kind of a mix, at least in my opinion, that there's a kind of a mix of elements between maybe comedy or whatever um, compared to other underdog sports movies. I feel like there's a mix of good and bad elements of, you know, the sports movie genre. So I'm curious to know what you think makes it kind of, you can either say all good, all bad, or a mix. Uh, I'm a little biased. Obviously, this is one of my favorite childhood movies. And, yeah. you know, I, I told Jeremy, this is the first time I've probably watched it in maybe 20 years. Maybe, I don't know, probably since VHS or maybe uh, Chance watching on cable. Mm-hmm. I felt like it. I, I enjoyed it just as much as I did when I first watched it when I was a little kid. And um, I feel like maybe because... I've always been into sports. I used to watch the Olympics pretty religiously just because it's, you know, amateurs competing at the highest level. And there's something to be said about competing every four years Mm -hmm. and setting your whole life training for this one moment. And if something is just a little off, and obviously we saw that in the very beginning of this movie when they're Mm -hmm. going into Olympic trials and something tragic happens in terms of, their athletic career where someone just trips and it just literally just wipes out mm-hmm. Yul Brenner, obviously Darice and, and junior from competing in, in the summer Olympics. It's just, it's pretty crazy. Cause you know, when you're an athlete like that, there's so much discipline that goes into it. You have to put in all that work to be, to compete at the highest level. And you're talking about the world, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, for, so as far as like, sports movies i like it because you know there's that competitiveness and i could identify because i watch a lot of sports in it yeah there's gonna be well this was based off of true events but they kind of disney-fied it um some (laughs) of the they you know some of the details i guess just to make it more dramatic um obviously i felt like the reason I mean, you talked about um, some of the stuff that I liked as far as the movie, I felt the reason why this movie works well for me is because each of the um, ensemble cast, they're different enough and they make a name for them. So they, they mm. I feel like their, their character development is actually really good in this uh, and they're just entertaining and they're likable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think just the whole Disneyfication of the, the movie and the plot itself made it dramatic enough where 
obviously you just root for them, you know, the underdog and then, Oh, then it's not really about winning or losing. It's the whole, like the, the culture change, uh, and the stigma of that whole sport and everything. So, yeah. yeah. Cause you expect to see at the very end of the movie and especially in these sports movies based on true story, uh, where it says, Oh, and then next year or the following year, they won the gold medal or whatever. It's like, that isn't the point of the story type of thing. Um, but I, I'm actually glad that I had basically no knowledge of what was going to happen in this movie. I didn't know it was gonna, what happened in real life or anything like that. So I had no idea going into this movie that at the beginning when we're watching Darice and he's like training for track, I'm like, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> like, I thought this was a bobsled movie. <laughs> um, and now that I kept thinking about it, I was like, wait, Jamaican bobsled team? <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? I was mm-hmm. like, and then that, that made sense, like, especially when Sanka kept trying to, like, ice! <laughs> 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 right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's right. Because they don't get, like, we don't get snow here in the Bay Area. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're not going to get snow over there. Um so I, I thought that was cool. But in terms of what made it a good, almost like a mixed thing. I love when sports movies have like really like interesting cinematography, especially mm. when they have like they're doing the bobsled race at the end or basically once they actually get to Canada. And then I love the camera angles and the work, uh, camera work that it did. It felt like you were watching the Olympics sometimes. And then there were some other ones where it's like actually attached to the bobsled. I thought that mm. was cool. It felt very much like, uh, it's going to weird, be weird to say, but uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. I was like, I was like okay, this, this feels like a real movie. Um, and then, but then there were times, I think, in the first half of the movie, maybe first 30 minutes, I should say. Um, when they're training in Jamaica, I'm like, this really feels like a, a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like, is this in this was this released in theaters type of thing? I'm like, I don't know. Kind of looks like High School Musical, <laughs> the first one. <laughs> um, but no commercials I, though, no commercials, yeah, no commercials. Um, yeah, so sports movie, but it do, it did have the drama. I think sports movies always need that almost uh, <laughs> manufactured drama sometimes, mm-hmm. um, where it's like it's like you're not into the the into the Olympics and all that stuff, yeah. and uh, it's you know it's pretty cliche. And then the next scene they're back in type of thing, and we've seen that in plenty of other sports movies. But I think it's still uh, still kind of effective in a weird way. Yeah, kind of going back to your cinematography um, department, the your comment about it. I, I there's one scene that kind of came to my mind as you were um, kind of describing your first screening of this movie, especially what almost thirty years later. Yeah, the, damn, yeah, almost thirty years later. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, remember that one scene when Doris is observing the Swiss team for the first time, and it's at night. They're doing a practice run. And you could see the, like the awe and wonder in his face, and then the way they kind of showed the Swiss team, mm-hmm. um, 
basically in their element and you could just i don't know i just thought that that scene is a very underrated scene in that you could see um Darice like kind of picturing himself being mm. the best you know i feel like the reason why we well you and i probably like sports is because then you could kind of put yourself in a position where you could to, to succeed i feel like we're both pretty competitive people or whatever and you know we like to win i mean as evidenced by the guest rotten tomatoes score competition <laughs> that we do have and uh i don't know i just love the hopefulness and the dream and the drive that was uh behind the Doris um character yeah to to piggyback on that i thought of when he was watching that same scene of uh, watching the swiss team and um over time it what I love about his character is that he loves the sport. He loves the competition. Mm-hmm. He just wants to participate. Um, it's a, it's a, about the competition, not necessarily winning. You know, he wants to just be in the Olympics. I thought that was something that was like just to get to where he wants to be. He doesn't necessarily need to win, but he wants to be uh, do his best at that sport compared to maybe some of the other teams that they depicted in there, like uh, the other countries. It's just yeah. like, oh yeah, we're going to win this thing type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, compared to Darius where he's like in awe, even though like he's technically watching his opponents, but he's like, oh, they're so good. You know, yeah. even though it's like, you're supposed to beat them, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that was an admirable trait of Darius. Yeah. Uh, Darius, definitely came off as very likable i think uh so but um yeah they and we definitely can talk about i guess some more of the uh the specifics within the movie uh later on in the break but before we get into the break jeremy let's involve the audience with our audience question this week and obviously cool runnings is one of those uh underdog movies that we did talk about and it's a sports movie and so jeremy this week's audience question is what is your favorite underdog sports movie actually jeremy do you have a favorite yeah i mentioned this before it's friday night lights i was gonna Mm. say either friday night lights the movie or remember the titans with denzel washington yeah but i'm probably just by just by a little bit probably gonna go with friday night lights and one of these days i want to show that movie to you nice looking forward to it for me i went i have a couple too one a little bit more, when I was a little bit more younger, the Mighty Ducks. I think we talked about it a little mm. bit offline. Uh, speaking mm. of another Disney movie <laughs> that yeah. actually spawned a, an actual pro team, oddly enough. Um, and then a little bit later on, I guess when I was in my late teens or twenties, I, I forget when this movie came out. The Replacements. Ah, oh, it's so Keanu. it's so entertaining. <laughs> it's so fun. It, it, it's a good movie. Um, and yeah, I love the replacements. <laughs> that is a really good movie. Yeah, the replacements. Keanu. Yeah, dude. Keanu. Keanu is quarterback. <laughs> That's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, uh, let us know what it, what your favorite underdog sports movie is by you know what by emailing us, Jeremy. What is our email address? I'm pretty sure I got the Instagram one right, so I can get the email right. It's gonna be. The weekly reel at gmail.com, right? Mm, no. Well, you got the gmail.com part, right? But Damn. it is without. 
I don't know. I, I feel like this season you keep thinking that we are the not we're not like the rock. We're just basically rock. Uh, the so we're the weekly real. The no. the real. The rock. No. So we're, no, so I'm gonna we're lay, I, you know what? I'm going to lay the smack of down on you one of these days virtually or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jokes on him. I don't know where. <laughs> I'm just going to give you the people's elbow. Yeah. Just watch out for the RKO later. <laughs> <laughs> you knew the WWE references were coming. Anyway, the email address is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. So let's take a quick break. All right, welcome back from the break, and Jeremy, let's get right into our weekly real awards for cool runnings, and the first award that I wanted to give is the Get Help Award for favorite comedic scene. I feel like uh, cool runnings has its strengths, and I feel like one of those is definitely its comedic timing. So, Jeremy, what is your winner for the Get Help Award? My Get Help Award goes to... When the team assembles for the first time, <laughs> when uh, they're basically showing the, that video, um, when Coach Irv is showing the video, then everyone like scatters out, and then the only ones that are able to come into the room after is Yule Brenner and Junior, and I just that whole interaction, especially with um, with Sanka, like <laughs> you know, I thought that whole scene was so funny. I think. Their, their comedic timing with each other, their chemistry, with, like just straight off the bat with that scene, like set the tone for the rest of the movie. Yeah, it helped that each one of the four individuals were, were very different mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all had different motivations, even though three out of the four were actual sprinters that were competing for a spot at the uh, 1988 Summer Olympics. And I thought it was funny that... Uh, I just thought it was funny that they're all very distinct uh, with their own personalities. You, you, you know, you would think maybe they, they kind of have like, I don't know, some similarities. But no, they're all very different and very memorable, in, in my in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, it was very Disney, though, how Yule was like, we may be on the same team, but you'll never be my teammate. I'm like, uh, I, don't know that, <laughs> I don't know if that works like that, but you know. Hey, but you know what? In in actual reality, you'll get the whole Shaq and Kobe type that, thing. That's true. Yeah. So I mean, not all uh, teammates get uh, get along. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe later on, but they just they just sometimes just don't they just don't jive. I mean, because you know different personalities just like oil and vinegar, right? They just don't mix. That's true. That's true. But it just for some reason, I guess. I guess Yule had a somewhat, he was bitter, obviously, about, and like you said, they trained so hard just for that one moment, even, and that's for qualifying, too. That's not the actual, like, Olympics. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. can see why I mean, you got pissed. Yeah. So Yeah, because, I mean, Yule definitely really wanted to leave the island. He yeah. really wanted to be famous. He wanted to just, uh, he was just tired of his living situation. 
um, and and freaking Junior just <laughs> he like <laughs> dashed all those hopes. It was like yeah, in that scene later on years. in the the hotel. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, for my winner of the Get Help Award for favorite comedic scene has got to be the the four. You know, the assembled team. Their very first bobsled run when they finally get to Calgary. Yeah. And it's the one where, um, I guess, Irv just pushes them. He's like, oh, we're not going to even bother doing a push push start. We just want to get you exposed to what it feels like to be in the bobsled during a bobsled run. And, dude, that entire run, and obviously right before, it's like uh, you get Sanka saying, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. He's like, dude, just hold it. Just hold it. Yeah. <laughs> But then freaking Irv just pushes them. I was like, okay, the whole time, dudes, I'm just dying. Sanka's just screaming, coach, slow down, slow down, slow down. Oh, my God. And then he's like, Therese, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And then, dude, obviously, you know, they, they're in that one turn, and then it's, like, kind of covered, so yeah. they don't come out the end. And then they crashed, obviously. And then you get one of the times where he's like, Sanka, you're dead. <laughs> and Sanka's like, yeah, man. But then we get the remix version of it. It's like, Doris goes, well, you can pee now. And then Sanka's <laughs> like, um, too late. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me again of Dumb and Dumber again with the whole peeing of the whole thing. I feel like the last couple of weeks we just get... Dumb and Dumber references. Actually, two out of the last three weeks, I should say. Uh, two weeks ago with Iron Giant with the laxative. Yeah. Now this week with the whole peeing in public. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that was, that was a pretty good scene. I mean, I, I think it was a... For me, it was a... I don't know. I didn't like the, uh, that Sanka was screaming the whole time. I think that was a little over the top. But I did like the joke at the very end of it. At least for me. <laughs> <laughs> no i get it i get it no i just i don't know I, for me i just feel like sanka was just uh i felt like he was giving all the funny lines and everything and so i don't know that's just me which brings me to our next award the i am Groot award for favorite character jeremy who is your winner hmm i i mean i feel like this isn't going to be a surprise but i'm going to pick junior I, I feel like I always choose kind of like the more understated character, but I feel like they gave him good amount of screen time and good amount of character development. Honestly, a lot of these characters are, very, like you said, very distinct and likable, um, but I like the the character arc that Junior goes through this movie, um, which, spoiler alert, uh, from my favorite scene later on, but <clears throat> yeah, Junior is probably my favorite character just because of his character arc compared to like Doris, he's kind of like the strong leader of the group and he kind of forgets a little bit once they get to calgary that it's like oh we need to be like jamaican bobsled team but with junior i there's something about the development of the the soft-spoken athlete to being like accepting the man in the mirror type of thing uh mm. that i liked well, plus, obviously, he was brought up with a very strict father figure. Um, I mean, I feel like uh, the very first introduction that we get is, remember when he's, like, pretending to talk to his dad, but he's really just talking to his dog? Yeah. What do you think about that scene? Yeah, 
<laughs> that was at first I was like, oh man, is he actually talking to his dad? And the dog looked a little worse for wear on honestly, but um I honestly didn't put that together that we were gonna have this character arc where it's like, okay, at the beginning of the movie, he's talking to his dog, he doesn't have the guts yet to actually say it to his dad, and at the very end of the movie actually saying this stuff to his dad, I think is Normally, I could read movies like a book, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they're going to do that. They're going to bring that back up later. But with this movie, for whatever reason, maybe I was just immersed in the movie. Uh, I was like, oh, hey. that was, uh, I like that, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah, actually, you know what? I, uh, when, I when I rewatched this movie this uh, latest time, I was like, huh, I, you know what? Because I was obviously coming up with our outline. I was like, I wonder if Jeremy's just going to go ahead and pick the obvious choice with Doris, just because... You know, he's like that main character, leader. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's got the sidekick best friend that's <laughs> usually the, just the, Community you know, just for comic you. relief yeah. and everything. <laughs> it's, uh, to be honest with you, I was a little surprised that you picked Junior. Oh. But your points are, are, are definitely well taken because he does have that great um, character arc. Yeah, in terms uh, of story. For me... Yeah, in terms of story. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, for for me, my winner, I feel like is, I think you know where I'm kind of leaning on this one. for. So my winner for the I Am Groot Award for favorite character is Sanka Coffee. First of all, nope. Sanka Coffee, there is an actual Sanka Coffee, <laughs> like brand. <laughs> and I just thought it was pretty funny. I was like, should I pick Yul Brenner or should I pick Sanka Coffee? And I got to just go with the guy that looks like Richard Sherman. <laughs> Wow. Okay. It's like, man, you should be I, a I can't take credit for that. <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't take credit for that. Richard Sherman, obviously former cornerback of uh, the hated Seahawks. Um, but I mean, I I feel like you and I are in agreement when he became a Niner, Richard Sherman just became much more likable. But <laughs> yeah. Actually, my buddy Chris, who was originally going to be on this podcast episode, uh, and unfortunately, we weren't able to make it work schedule-wise uh, for this particular podcast episode. He was actually the one, just because we were talking about potential episodes where he would co- be able to come on board the podcast. He was actually the one that basically said he looked like Richard Sherman's doppelganger. So I can't give, I have to give full credit to Chris on this one. And so shout out to him. Hopefully we'll see him very soon in schedules lineup uh, better um for him to make his first appearance on this podcast but i I don't know i just feel like for me one of the things i love about this movie is just how funny it is some of the lines and sanka coffee is just the guy who delivers most of them i think yeah i think for about maybe 90 percent of his jokes work for me there were some like like i said like the one that you mentioned where he's like screaming down the the hill <laughs> they didn't work for funny. me but then you get like the joke at the very end works for me so it's like very rarely that i was like i did i thought he was annoying very rarely you know like uh obviously because jeremy and i are related we're both obviously filipino because we're related tell me why I, and this was even before, but again, I was reminded when he had his lucky egg. Tell me why I was thinking it was Balot. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. 
<laughs> I think that's just you. I was. I know. I know it was me, but I'm just saying. I was like, dude, because it was a little off color. You know, balotza. It doesn't look like a normal like white egg True. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wait, is that balotza? I'm gonna ruin it for you right now, but I think the egg at the very end when he kisses it for the last time was plastic. You can. Clearly see like the seam line down the middle. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm like, sure it was. <laughs> I'm like, all the, how come all the other times it looked like a real egg, and then for the very last shot, it has to be like a clearly a plastic egg. I thought that was kind of like what? Yeah. All right, whatever. Yeah. 1993. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Easter egg. Uh, uh-huh. Easter egg. Oh, I see what you did. There. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> All right, let's get right into our next award, uh, the Avengers Assemble Award for Favorite Scene. Jeremy, which scene is your favorite? My favorite scene is going to be when Yule and Junior are basically at the bar, and then, like I said, you know, like I said, like the man in the mirror scene. (laughs) I'm going to bring that back up again. Uh, Just, you know, Yule pumping this guy up, man. Just like, finally... Uh, and it's it's good because it's like these two characters, especially Yule, does not like Junior for like most of the movie. And for him to be basically kind of mentor him to be like like a brother to him, honestly, in this mm-hmm. scene to actually like start standing up for himself, <laughs> ultimately getting into a fight, <laughs> but not exactly what <laughs> Yule had in mind, even though yeah. Yule like threw a punch <laughs> after... Was it the, the the German team? Josef Josef Gruhl. Yeah, <laughs> started like pushing um, Junior down and stuff. So he, he had it coming. But yeah, Yule definitely like threw the first punch, like literal punch. But, yeah, I yeah, like that. That, whole one, scene. that scene was actually my favorite as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and just to add to it, I felt like this. The reason why this scene works is because a few scenes before that, remember. We get reminded that Yul Brenner wants to leave the island. And he has this dream of moving in what to what uh, ends up being the Buckingham Palace. Freaking Sanka's just <laughs> laying into him, just laughing yeah. at him. Yeah. It's like, bruh, unless you're going to like marry the queen, you ain't moving into the Buckingham Palace. He basically just shits all over his yeah. dream. But you know who sticks up for him? It's Junior Bevel your favorite character and he was the one that stuck up for his dream and said hey you know what the world would be better if we had more yule brenners um, yeah, in this you. world you know what i mean and i felt like that whole interaction at the bar works because now he wants to return the favor and he's sticking up for him and dude he gets him pumped up and again we got to mention the wd wwe <laughs> references but dude i felt like that whole mirror scene Felt like a WWE promo. It's like, it's like, <laughs> what, what, what did he say? He goes, I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a WWE line where it's like backstage <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, dude. For going to Let a me match. tell you something, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, though. But I like how you connected back to the scene earlier. I, I complete, I, no wonder it works because mm-hmm. um, Junior was able to actually like soften uh, Yule's heart enough for him to be like, okay, 
we are a team type of thing. We're, we are teammates. You got to stick up for each other. Yeah, they end up being kind of like the the odd couple, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, Sanka and uh, Doris are already a thing. Yeah, they, yeah. they're the best friends. Plus, I, again, another WWE reference. Later on in that bar scene, you get Senka coming in, doing a run-in, and he like literally <laughs> jumps off the top rope. I mean, the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and he just like joins the fray, and then all hell breaks loose, like the end of like a, a Raw episode. Yeah, yeah. And then they're just going to start staring off into like the camera and all that stuff. I'll see you at SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love that scene, yeah, just because, cool. again, it had a little bit of the heartwarmingness. But it's like, okay, you got to sometimes you got to stick up for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. like it's one of those people that like you know, with Junior, he didn't have a lot of self-confidence. You could tell like when Yosef Gruel was calling him out, he was like kind of he got timid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tail. He got his tail between his legs and you got sometimes you just need that hype man to like ha- have you believe in yourself. And I felt like it had a good message. Yeah, I think all characters are kind of relatable and they all have like their own storylines that someone can like identify with whether you're a yule a junior a senka or Doris, there's someone in that group uh for you even if you're irv i guess and who cheated years past you could always redeem yourself yeah and the last point i want to make about why the scene was uh, was my favorite was that it actually brought the team together. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they had a, you know, obviously they came to Calgary as outsiders. And even though they had their differences within themselves, this brought them together where obviously, you know, they pulled together as a team. Plus, dude, it led to my favorite Senka line uh later on in in this like later on when remember when Darice is like totally scolding them for like um getting into like this fight basically mm-hmm. so Darice is basically saying you don't see the Swiss team fighting do you you don't see the Swiss team drinking and carrying on and such and Senka goes well and you don't see the Swiss team smiling neither in fact if one of those Swiss boys ever come across a pretty girl, he probably yell, Eins, zwei, dry, and try to push her down some ice. I was like, bro, I was dying when he said that. And, and, but it's, it, it's true. I, I, I just felt like they, it brought the team together um, even closer because they just didn't like each other to that point. And that's what, uh, I don't know, that's what made him a team. Yeah, that was definitely the scene, the the equivalent scene to Top Gun Maverick's, um, you know, football dogfight thing on the beach. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. that team building yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, it had to be a uh, the end of Raw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of competition, we reached that part in the episode where Jeremy has just been kicking my ass. <laughs> In season five. <laughs> yes, we've reached the Gesteron Tomato score. And so right now, the current score is Jeremy running away with the competition at 23. I'm a distant second at 12. And we have our guests closely behind at 11. Ooh. We're basically competing for second place right now. Um, and so this week's guest, guest the Rotten Tomato score guesser, 
Yeah, wow, that was a mouthful. Um, is actually Chris, my buddy Chris, who was supposed to be on this podcast episode because it was actually one of his childhood movies as well. Mm-hmm. And so, Jeremy, do you have Chris's guess? Yeah, Chris guessed 78%. All right, all right. I guessed 66%. Okay, so you're guessing a fresh score as well. Mm -hmm. I'm actually right smack dab in the middle of both where you and you and Chris are. I'm at 72%. Dang, that is literally smack dab in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. All right, let me go ahead and check uh, to see what Cool Runnings received as far as a, guess, Rotten Tomato score. Cool Runnings. And uh, with a tomato meter uh, with 41 reviews, I mean, not surprisingly, mm-hmm. just because it's an older movie and it's could be classified like as a almost like a Disney Channel movie. Tomato meter of 76%. Oh, Holy crap. Dang. Chris comes out on top. Woo, for the guests. And it pushes me in last place. <laughs> Damn, man. I still haven't won since week one. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, do you want to guess what the Audience score is? Uh, 85. Ooh, close, actually. 81%. I'm surprised wow. because it did feel like a Disney Channel original movie for like the first 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, man, it's like, what? It got higher than High School Musical? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, I mean, it had Hans Zimmer. Yeah, that's true. Hans, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah. Doing the music to score the dramatic ending of this movie yeah i just needed um you know them going back onto the plane going their separate ways playing time from inception you know (laughs) the sad departure from each other i needed that but we weren't there yet maybe the (laughs) maybe the alternate ending (laughs) yeah just uh you know 17 more years to go till we get that (laughs) oh man well the silver lining to uh, me being in last place is at least Jeremy didn't get any points this week. Yeah. And so the <laughs> updated score for season five is Jeremy still at 23. The guests on on the backs of Chris's awesome guests this week. Guests have now pulled into second at 14. And I have one point at 13. So, woo. Dang, it's getting close. It's getting a little closer. It's still very far, though. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into next week, we have one final award to give for Cool Runnings, and that is the I Love You 3000 Award, where we rate Cool Runnings on a rating scale between 1 to 3,000. Actually, this is actually the one that I was looking forward to because, again, I'm sharing this movie with Jeremy for the first time. So, Jeremy, what is your rating? I mean, this movie didn't exactly blow me away, but it was like a really enjoyable movie. So I'm still going to give it a 2100 out of 3000. So 70%, pretty close to like where I guessed. So yeah, I I still really enjoyed it. Not as much, I mean, more than Anastasia, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but not as much. Shots fired. Yeah. (laughs) But not as much as Iron Giant. Superior yeah, movie. No, Iron, <laughs> Iron Giant was good. I feel like uh, that one does 
hold out. I mean, this one definitely was mainly a super childhood movie for me. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> nice, though. It's, uh, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, it's more of a one of those heartwarming films. Again, a, a nice underdog story. I feel like oh, I kind of want to revisit more um, underdog movies. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some that I have never seen. But maybe we'll save that for future movies down the line. For me, my I Love You 3000 award uh, score is actually a little higher. Because obviously it's one of my five favorite <laughs> childhood movies. It's at 2280 which translates to about 76%. Oh. So, yeah. Dang, if you guess that <laughs> on your guess the wrong tomatoes. I score. know. I know. I was like, damn. Trust your gut. I would have guessed it exactly correct. But next week, Jeremy, you will be watching another movie. Maybe something along the lines of maybe the Christmas holiday season, perhaps? Yep, it's Christmas time in Halloween Town as Jack Skellington discovers Christmas Town, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his home causes confusion. Yes, I just copied that from IMDb, but I kind of paraphrase it. That's not plagiarism, guys. <laughs> he, he had the thesaurus uh, app on or whatever, and he just changed some of the words. Yeah, but you know, but I don't know. Everyone knows the Nightmare Before Christmas, which came out in 1993, except for us. <laughs> Everyone knows this movie, except for us, Ken. We haven't seen the movie. Yeah, we have not. Uh, again, I don't know if it's just because I keep watching the same Christmas movies over and over again that I'm afraid to kind of branch out. Same. But again, because of this podcast, Sometimes we'll just have to force ourselves to do so. <laughs> and so last year, last season in what, 2021, what was the Christmas movie that we watched? In 2021? Crap, what yeah. did we watch? Do you remember? Oh, no, I was trying to. Sorry, oh. I didn't mean to test your thing. <laughs> what was test it? your memory? No, it's not. Um, shoot, what's, what's the one with the kid? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> uh, Kevin. That was in 2020. That was Home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Help me. Uh, yeah, yeah, that Bro. was Home Alone. I, I don't remember. Well, this will be our third Christmas movie. Again, uh, in season one, we did Home Alone. That was in calendar 2020. Yeah. Last year, just to remind you, hmm. we watched Love Actually. Love Actually. Oh, yeah. See, now when I see the commercial from the two guys from Scrubs... <laughs> <laughs> I understand the reference. Right. <laughs> with the with the the whole poster board and markers. Yeah, yeah. Because people, you see that parodied everywhere. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah. But then when you actually watch the movie, it's actually kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. Who know? Who knew it was Rick Grimes? Yeah. <laughs> Beardless Rick Grimes. Oh my god! But yeah, this year we will be branching out again, and we will be watching Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time, and so. Uh, before we close out this episode, Jeremy, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, it's not a Christmas movie, but it is, it is my short film, The End of Yesterday. It's on YouTube, so go search that up. The End of Yesterday, short film on YouTube. Yeah. Well, nothing new for me. It's the same old, um, what, social media, TikTok. Well, not really TikTok that much. I now just watch TikToks. So I've just been a little <laughs> bit lazy with uh, with you know, work and obviously this podcast, but mainly Instagram. 
But you can follow me both on TikTok and Instagram at FreeCanA. Um, I have some ideas on where I kind of want to do a little bit more writing, not necessarily just on my blog, but more uh, relatable to what we do here on this podcast. But um, I'll save that for when it's actual a real, uh, actually a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. It, it, these are just ideas now. Uh, but before we finally close off, uh, close out this episode, I should say, uh, any final thoughts on Cool Runnings, anything that we forgot? Um, I actually had a backup double feature question that, because I feel like we kind of asked this before. Uh, would you rather see a remake of this movie, kind of like still disney or would you like to see a more serious drama version? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like Invictus or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, a more Disney-fied. serious drama because I'm, I'm sure things have played out very differently and the characters probably acted a lot differently in real life. Actually, they, t- they did take certain things. I, I kind of looked up to see what was that kind of accurate. First of all, the Swiss team did actually win the gold. Mm. And then the East German team, you know, with Josef Gruhl. No, I'm just kidding. Not Josef Gruhl. But the East German team actually did win silver. I think the Russians won third. I, mm. So I looked up who actually won during that Olympic run. Um they actually did crash and they did carry the th- uh the the bobsled their bobsled or they they were at walking alongside it or something um and so that is very similar as well mm-hmm. uh but yeah that was the first olympics that they did compete in so some of the stuff was true i i don't know if it'll work in 2022 to be honest like in terms <laughs> i don't of- think i'd want to see it uh i don't think i'd want to see a remake or a a more realistic version of this i feel like you know i don't want to mess cool runnings up i would want to see a more serious version that would be pretty intense i feel like like i want to see like them hella training like they had a training montage in this movie but it wasn't like a serious training montage i wonder if i thought it was pretty i thought it was pretty funny yeah (laughs) that almost was my favorite scene actually uh favorite comedic scene Mm. was the whole training montage it was pretty funny i thought because again it's the whole islanders uh tropical weather going into ice ice (laughs) i wouldn't want to see a remake either i think if i were to choose one though it would be the more serious drama thing Mm, i could see that um i gotta bring it up just because Mm -hmm. we haven't uh really brought it up john candy Mm-hmm. Uh, this was actually one of his last movies because he ended up uh, passing away a year later in 1994 on the set of Wagons East. <laughs> but um, ah man, I I would have liked to see more John Candy uh, in this cor- sort of mentor role because again, I think when he passed away, obviously he was way too young, but he was uh, moving into his late 40s. It would have been very interesting to see how his acting career would have developed if he stayed alive uh, past uh, when he tragically uh, passed away uh, the year, uh, a year later, ninety four. Man, um, yeah, I, I don't remember seeing him in anything else that I've watched from what I remember. Uh, what other things has he done? Home, Home Alone. Home Alone. Crap. Remember, he, he <laughs> really? was like. Remember, he was the guy who was had the polka band thing, and they brought 
the yeah the, uh, was the mom to the thing yeah okay john candy just kind of a random role but yeah he's he's been in some funny 80s movies um back in the day okay yeah that it's always interesting to kind of know like some of the history of behind some of this stuff yeah. and you know it doesn't like the movie doesn't feel that dated honestly there's some things that's like yeah maybe but i think it in terms of jokes and stuff it's still like lands most of it and you could still mm-hmm. release it and not get canceled <laughs> you know true yeah well, i mean it helps that it was a disney movie yeah <laughs> but you know still some, some disney stuff you know <laughs> some disney stuff is a little on the edge back then that's true that's true but maybe we'll cat. Maybe we might think about doing like an old John Candy movie. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a classic one uh, with Steve Martin. I mm-hmm. feel like maybe we could kind of branch out with some of the older movies that. Uh, oh man, I don't even remember half of the plot on that. So I, it would be like me watching it again for the first time. And I know you probably haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. I don't rarely go... For, if I'm going back into, like, the 80s, it's going to be for, like, an action movie. So, yeah. going to comedy, though, it's like, that would be interesting. Yeah, like... And I feel like the comedies back then are just funnier just because they were more irreverent. Mm. And they didn't have to worry about being canceled or anything <laughs> like that. That's why I feel like 2022 and, be, like, uh, modern... Uh, what do you call it? And beyond, I feel like the comedies are not going to be nearly as good because everyone's so afraid of offending people or people just being outraged. Yeah. Cause there's definitely jokes nowadays where, or people cancel people for like no reason in terms of like, yeah, there are some that are pretty bad, but then there's some that are like, you know, you're just being like, you, you can't laugh at yourself for a second type of jokes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No one has a sense of humor anymore in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> what dumb Every, everyone has to be outraged about something it's like uh, but that's, jim carrey was racist in dumb and dumber she he called her australian <laughs> shrimp on the bobby <laughs> it's austria oh my god i'll watch dumb and dumber again yeah too many of those references <laughs> yeah not enough who knows not we'll enough. redo it yeah maybe hmm interesting Anyway, uh, is there anything else that we may have missed about Cool Runnings? I don't think so. This is a pretty short movie. Honestly, the last it, three movies that we watched are all short. Well, yep. And I think we did talk about this. Next week's movie will probably be our shortest ever at coming in at a tidy 114 or 115. I forget the exact um, runtime, but it's going to be a real quick one. And I feel like it's because... Later on in the season, maybe in a couple weeks, perhaps, we're going to be watching a very long movie Mm -hmm. just to even things out. So there's your little teaser. Uh, Definitely check out uh, the upcoming theatrical schedule if you want to try to figure out what what movie we're talking about that's on the horizon. But, Jeremy, if there's nothing else, definitely for the upcoming week, definitely check out uh, our Christmas 2022 movie special as we are catching tim burton's the nightmare before christmas which is again streaming now on disney plus definitely check it out there that's where we will be watching again still not sponsored by disney plus and so on behalf of jeremy my name is ken we'll see you next week on the reel <laughs>